0: Messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. <laughs> are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to After These Messages, where we bring you hot takes on commercial breaks. We are here to talk about TV commercials, good ones and bad ones. And ones where people say weird shit like this. It's not rocket science.
0: It's pocket science.
1: My name is Andrew Walsh. Here, practicing a little pocket science today with my cohort. Nope. Genevieve, what does cohort mean?
2: A cohort is like a class of people. Oh, you're right. Like who are all graduating together or matriculating together or whatever.
1: I was gonna say colleague, but we're more than colleagues. We're more than colleagues. Yeah. I mean, we've been together for 22 years. It feels like a downgrade to refer to you as my colleague. Yeah, colleague does feel like a bit of a demotion. (laughs) We don't have to get deep into relationship talk at the top here. You could say
2: my supervisor. I'm fine
1: with that. Let's just move on. Genevieve, hi. Hi. Ready to co-host a show? Yes. Are you ready to really host a show and have me just press buttons? Because I'll be honest with you, and you know this. You just dragged me off the couch. I'm out there. I'm super... Logie, right yeah, now. I kept
2: saying, "Are you ready?" And, and I kept
1: saying, "Do I look ready?" Do I look
2: ready? And I have to say, in all honesty, you did not look ready. No,
1: I had a, uh, I did not get a lot of sleep last night, and then I spent today stacking wood. Right, like a real man. Like, yeah, let's keep things less gendered <laughs> if we can. <laughs> All kinds of people stack wood. Um, but no, I'm really, I mean, this it's late this afternoon and I am out of it and I'm worried that I'm gonna ruin the show. Honestly, we're like two minutes in, I feel like I've already ruined it. So why don't you think of me, uh, you prepared the show today, think of me as your engineer yep. um, and maybe your producer today. And I started drinking a Red Bull here a moment ago. <laughs> That's right. After five o'clock at night. And I'm I'm drinking a Red Bull.
2: We'll see when it hits. Yeah.
1: And I think by the listeners time.
2: At, listeners, you can play along at home. And if you have your own bell. Give them a bell.
1: Yeah. Where is my bell? There it is.
2: If you have your own bell, you can ring that bell uh, when you think the Red Bull has kicked in. Should
1: we wait for people to go out and get a bell or just uh, move forward? Let's just move forward. Okay, You can pause. Pause this. the show. Okay.
2: Get a bell.
1: Bring the bell back. Bring the bell okay. back. That sounds like a good plan. Uh, but anyway, clearly I haven't ruined the show, uh, so that's great. Um, by the end of the show, I will be talking a little bit more because we have a uh, a lot to talk about during the Ad Council yeah, section uh, this week. It's pretty shameful this week. Some, some things were said, pretty la- some things for were all, said last Pretty embarrassing for everybody week. involved. <laughs> let's just say for those who were listening last week and are waiting for some closure on the Andre Agassi commercial, we shall try to provide some closure. Don't
2: worry, we'll address it. <laughs> Don't
1: worry, we'll address it. But before we get to that, <laughs> let's talk about what you have planned for the main part of the show, Genevieve.
2: Yeah, actually, I uh, I'm very excited because I saw an ad in the wild that I just absolutely loved and made me laugh and as i was watching it i thought this is actually a premise or kind of a a pitch that is is pretty common um which is to say the idea jokingly or seriously that science is like the reason why something is good Mm -hmm. um and since we live in a in a time in which Faith in science seems to be on the serious decline. I thought it would be kind of interesting to talk about whether or not science as a pitch is a strong uh, a strong market opportunity. So we'll talk about science, real and fake, uh, in advertising.
1: Nice. Also, when we get to the Ad Council segment, um, we were talking about rhyming commercials, the use of rhyme in commercials last week. And we have a submission. It's actually a... a a advertisement and advertisement that airs during a podcast uh-huh. that a, a very popular podcast uh, that a listener sent in um, that employs rhyming in a very unsatisfactory way
2: oh okay. very yeah.
1: unsatisfactory so I'm looking forward to torturing you with that first though let's get into the science talk
0: We're in science. Elastic Where
1: do we want to begin, Genevieve?
2: Let's start with the one that started it all for me, which is okay. a new ad for Little Caesar's Pizza. Um, this is, uh, I'll just go ahead and sort of spoil it for you. It, what really caught my attention is that one of the actors in it is is—is um, Eric Wareheim of Tim and Eric fame. Oh, heck yeah. Um, now, I have not
1: seen this. I'm excited. Oh, it's so
2: funny. Um, and it's, not, it's not extra complicated, but it's just a funny little joke. Uh, it's about the return of pretzel crust. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, people. are so like disappointed. What they you, like. you made like a you made a real if face. Well,
1: I well I regret that. Uh, you know, people should eat the foods that they like. I eat things that other people wouldn't like, vice versa, whatever. But pretzel crust just seems. I love pretzels. Mm-hmm. I love. I mean. Is there anybody that you know of that talks more about pretzels than me?
2: You are seriously like a pretzel. Yeah, you you love pretzels. I
1: love them all. Yeah. I love the rods. I love the tiny twists. I'll even eat one of them. Rods, those warm cones, pretzels. all sure, of them. Absolutely. Um, but I don't need it on my pizza. But anyway, that's just me. You do you.
2: You know, I, I can't say that I even remember having a pretzel crust pizza. I mean, I don't, I don't think, think, I think I would. I've tried it. I don't think I would. Turn my nose up at it, but I wouldn't go out of my way to order mm-hmm.
1: it. It's interesting to have Eric Wareheim pitch. Now, I haven't even seen this yet, but for somebody with his background to pitch food products, especially some weird food products, because, of course, famously, Tim and Eric, they're the the sketch duo, for lack of a better description. Um, they often employ just like real send-ups of chain restaurant food and Tom goes to the mayor and then later on an awesome job. They would just really just show the most disgusting food. Yeah, they'd really lean into the
2: idea that mass-produced food and restaurant Mm -hmm. food is really just disgusting. Mm -hmm. Um, That's not part of this story. So in in this ad, uh, we we open with a couple, um, and they're having a Little Caesars pizza with pretzel crust, and they're enjoying it. And I think one of them, I think the woman says to the man, hey, how do you think that Little Caesars knows when it's time to bring back pretzel crust? Right. Because it's kind of like, you know, McRib or any Mm -hmm. of those other things where it's sort of a kind of cycles in and out. They don't always offer. It's a special offering. And and her partner says, you know, he sort of muses and says, oh, I bet they have it down to a science. Um, and then we cut to what is presumably the sort of the laboratory where this science is happening.
1: The scienticians. Where the
2: scienticians are, are figuring out the science of ordering or of, of uh, bringing back uh, pretzel crust. But rather than have it be a very scientific process, you have Eric Wareheim in a really crazy curly wig. Um, and two other presumably pizza executives. Um, an Asian guy and a white woman. And... They're sitting, they're all standing in front of like a little dollhouse and they're sort of waiting with bated breath. And finally we see what they're staring at. It's a little, I guess I want to say chipmunk or some kind of little rodent. And it's basically a person in a rodent, like a, like a mascot suit, but like shrunk down tiny. Mm -hmm. And they wait for this little rodent to do something um to tell them like kind of like groundhog day a like little groundhog it's a groundhog day, day yeah, joke basically okay. like that, would they wait for it to do something to tell them that it's time to bring back pretzel crust and then it starts doing a little like dance to sort of, like moonwalking and they're like so relieved because they've gotten their sign from the the chipmunk about what what is meant to be happening here how does
0: little caesars know when to bring back pretzel crust
2: i'm sure they've got it down to a science these executives are sweating it <laughs> something
1: do something
0: Come on! He's dancing. (laughs) Pretzel Pete has busted a move. Pretzel crust is back.
1: (laughs) Yeah, nah, they definitely know what they're doing. Pretzel Pretzel Pete—that's the name. That's the name. And then they're all dancing at the end. Not the couple at home, but the people. The pizza execs. execs. By the way, Genevieve, I'm not trying to um, get you off topic, but. YouTube. You know, I hate to
2: go off topic on <laughs> you, this show. YouTube
1: is now suggesting to me a one minute long commercial with Eric Wareheim that says The Crust the World Craves, part of the same campaign. He looks like he's yeah, dressed as could Go same. ahead and play it. Can we just like see what's what, now if this is all audible, like we haven't seen this, so we can't set it up. I just love Eric Wareheim and I did not know about this campaign. And so it looks like he is wearing a uh, like a a tacky white um Tuxedo, like a white
2: satin tuxedo, a white satin
1: tuxedo with an orange cummerbund, orange bow tie, uh, and he's standing in front of an orange curtain. It looks like he's like gonna perform on stage. There's a little pedestal, like kind of a Roman style pedestal next to him with a little Caesar's pizza on it.
0: Hi, I'm John J. Pet from Little Caesars. My friends
1: call <laughs> me Hip. For years fans have asked us for a unique pizza with a crust like no other. Okay, so this is totally Tim and Eric. This up. is
2: just Tim and Eric. He this must
1: this have is awesome this. show, great job. It's got all kinds of weird little edits in it. He's um words are kind of coming out of his suit jacket. It's like totally trippy in that way that I can't describe. But if you if you've ever seen an episode you know, of you Tim know. and Eric, you know something
0: salty, something buttery. Something cheesy. It's a special pizza we only do every once in a while. You've been tweeting and commenting and even leaving personal voicemails for me. I received 150 emails just last night. You've been begging and we listened. We listened real good. Introducing Corn Cob Crust from Little Caesars. Corn Cob
1: Crust? <laughs> it's raining corn. See, now this is interesting because that did look like the most disgusting pizza you've ever seen. And so now here we are. This
2: really looks like a sketch from Tim and Eric.
1: Yes, and of course, their thing is making food look disgusting, but this is actually for a real pizza entity.
0: Ooh, here's some more good news. You'll get a two-liter bottle of liquefied butter.
1: Wow, that's wet. (laughs) You'll be swimming in butter. (laughs) This corn is American, man. (laughs) This pie's loaded with corn. Why? I don't know. I'm just Pizza, pizza. Look
0: at
2: all (laughs) that corn! (laughs) They missed... They what never, are they selling? They never pitch the real pizza. They just let Eric go off and do his thing. What are they selling? I don't there? think that's going to no. be. Eric. that's not something that you're going to see. I think on Hulu or wherever I saw. My, oh my god! My that, thing in the wild. That's
1: just something that they posted to the Little Caesars YouTube account. They're you know yeah. hoping it'll get passed around. And I would pass that around. Yeah, that's
2: it's hilarious. Awesome. God.
1: Okay. So anyway, forget about what you what you just heard the corn cob thing. But okay, I get it now. So the the thing is how people are either using fake signs. Science or supposedly real science some of these will be sarcastic in some way yeah I'm just
2: sort of interrogating the idea of science um either jokey or real as a okay. as a pitch mechanism Starburst really went really kind of delved into this in a, in their unexplainably juicy campaign they did a number of ads where somebody poses the question how does Starburst get the their candies to be so juicy right because Starbursts do have kind of a a an inimitable, uh chewy, juicy flavor. Like, right? Like there's no other candy that quite quite is like Starbucks Starbucks. Starburst mm-hmm. when you bite into it. So do you remember that campaign, Unexplainably Juicy? I do not. Really? I think you're gonna remember some of okay. these. Um let's open with this one that's just this is the most sciency of the three that I'm gonna play for you here. Um we have two guys. Um they it's unclear what their sort of situation is they're on what looks to be like the side of a mountain or maybe the side of like, um, Mount Rushmore or something. they are some, they're somewhere rocky and appears to be high up.
1: One is dressed sort of like a janitor. He's got a, a uh, coveralls. They're both
2: wearing coveralls. One of them just has them folded down uh, to his waist, but they're just, they're these worker guys and they're just chatting kind of idly about like what makes a starburst so juicy.
1: How do you think they make starburst taste so juicy? Starburst? Juicetronic equation. Super top secret mathematical formula they keep stored inside a safe, inside a vault, inside a volcano.
0: Oh, just dratics. Starburst, unexplainably
1: juicy. Mm-hmm. That does not ring a bell to me. No, no. I saw that a lot mm-hmm. when it was no. when it was new. So what? What it's era few, are you thinking? Just a few years ago? Not yeah, too long ago? It looks yeah. Like Twenty nineteen. I, I mean, yeah.
2: I, I probably, I bet you this is still mm. airing occasionally. I don't know if you know this about me, but I don't watch
1: TV. Do you remember, do
2: you remember the one where I didn't? I didn't include this one because it wasn't that sciencey. But he, you have a. Two cater waiters uh, cleaning up or setting up for some catering event. And one of them says, how do they make it so juicy? And he says, they put little guys in fighter jets and they shoot. Jews. I remember
1: that because we talked about it on the show. We didn't like it for some reason. Yeah. I remember having some issue with I it. I
2: knew we'd talked about it, so I skipped it for this one. Okay. But why don't you play this next one? Here we have again two. Uh, and it seems to be basically like two people who are in sort of a a down moment in their somewhat boring job, mm-hmm. we have two guys who appear to be like either um, astronomers or maybe like the guys, people who listen for for um, you know uh, ET transmissions or extra, tra- you know, some kind of some kind of guys in a in a big room full of computers, and they've got the the They're white were... the white shirts with the short sleeve short sleeve white shirt with the tie. Yeah. With the tie. Yep. Exactly, you know what I'm lo- you know yep. what I'm talking yep. about. Yep. 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 Uh, and they have, they're have they're having the same conversation. When they talk about it, we cut to the, the explanation, which is that there's an alien somewhere who's very bored, and he sticks his long alien finger out and presses a button that injects juice into Starburst. How do they make Starburst taste so juicy? I don't know, but you just ask the whole universe. Kyle,
1: feed your Earthlings!
2: Starburst, unexplainably juicy.
1: Ew. Okay, <laughs> hold on. You said finger. I
2: did. I meant to say toe. That's
1: so gross. So yeah, some <laughs> alien like in his re- like some teenage alien in his his bedroom, right? And mm-hmm. you hear uh, a voice come from off screen. So and so, feed your Earthlings. Yeah. Is that what I said? And then his toe suddenly grows really long, like Pinocchio's nose, and it pushes a button on a wall that says juice, and it
2: jumps. It dumps starburst juice on planet Earth.
1: Well, I don't like these very much at all. Oh, it's called Slacker Alien. It's the name of that commercial. It's the name of that commercial.
2: commercial. Um, All right. One more for Starburst. This Mm. one um, uh, is leveraging the star power of Michael Bolton. um, And Michael Bolton is doing the science this time. How do they make Starburst taste so juicy? Well, I hear there's this orchard where Michael Bolton serenades the trees. It's called Boltonizing. It creates the juiciest flavors in the world. Okay.
1: Starburst. Unexplainably juicy. I don't know, man. This campaign just sort of seems like they're they're going for Skittles weirdness, yeah. but uh, I don't know. It's like in the uncanny valley of weirdness because like it makes I don't know. There, there's too much of a through line, but none of them really pay off for me.
2: Okay, yeah, I'm not. Re- you're not required to like them. I mean,
1: I'm not trying to uh, fight. I don't want to fight.
2: Well, let's talk about someone <laughs> who couldn't possibly be polarizing. One Mr. Michael Richards.
1: Oh, uh, yes.
2: Um, This is uh, obviously, you know, Michael Richards with Kramer from Seinfeld who um, absolutely torpedoed his legacy and his uh, brand and his just everything about himself when he went off on a disgusting and racist tirade during a stand-up set um, now probably over a decade ago. Oh, well. Well, well I, we've
1: talked about that in the show. I think it was. More recent than I think. I always think it was late '90s that he did that, but it was more recent than that. But yeah, just
2: it might even be two decades ex- at this. Yeah, point. That's yeah, that's what I think. Anyway, yeah. I mean, it will forever be um, a huge part of his legacy, mm-hmm. and uh, as it should be because it was despicable. But prior to that, he was uh, he was tapped as the spokesperson for Pepsi, and they did a campaign around the idea. This is probably in the '90s. Um, they did a campaign around the idea that he was the head of like a an institute for soda research or something. Um, and so they're doing all these like wild experiments, like jokey experiments to show that Pepsi's better than Coke and explicitly better than Coke. Mm-hmm. I didn't grab all of them. Some of them don't, you know, are just. Aren't as funny as other ones. This one was kind of funny, and I thought it, it held up pretty well as a joke.
1: So this is uh, according to the internet. This is from 1994. So Seinfeld still on the
2: air? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think
1: so too. Um, by the way, his racist rant on stage at the Laugh Factory happened in 2006.
2: Okay, so uh, coming up on 20 yep, years. Yep, yeah. Yep. Um. In this uh. In this commercial, he's the head of this science institute, this fakie mm-hmm. science institute and the this premise of this experiment is that they're going to put they're going to lock supermodel Cindy Crawford who famously is a Pepsi spokeswoman oh right yes um you know she of the cutoffs the the sexy cutoff jeans mm-hmm. um and they're going to lock her in a big tank somewhere <laughs> for for a month or something and she can have access to any beverage she wants but not Pepsi and i will tell you that there's a joke in this that's very visual uh, that we'll just have to sort of explain because audio-wise, audio it won't make any sense.
0: In an ongoing research project to determine the ultimate beverage, I'm isolating superstar model Cindy Crawford in a Pepsi deprivation chamber. I'll do anything for science.
1: There was a sort of a little funny joke there where the scientist that Michael Richards is playing pulls out a little tab of paper a little pad of paper to remember cindy crawford's
0: name <laughs> in an ongoing research project to determine the ultimate beverage i'm isolating superstar model cindy crawford in a pepsi deprivation chamber i'll do anything for science we're allowing cindy a wide range of beverages but not a single solitary drop of pepsi you're if you'll be all right
1: Dennis says, "One month later, now they're gonna open up the the chamber here."
2: And out steps Rodney Dangerfield. I don't know about you guys, but I'm dying for a Pepsi. Conclusive scientific proof: Pepsi is the ultimate beverage.
1: Aha. Uh-huh. So yeah, sorry if I mingled that with the audio a little bit. So, um, we see Cindy Crawford go in, but then Rodney Dangerfield comes out. You just heard her voice because he's lip syncing her voice, as yes. if you took this, uh, I would say, attractive woman. Yes, and, and by her- by
2: many people's standards, '90s Cindy Crawford was. <laughs> some- if we're going to be so reductive about <laughs> it, I guess we can say. She was attractive.
1: I had that mole.
2: She had that mole. <laughs>
1: yeah. Ew.
2: I like uh, my supermodels without moles.
1: <laughs> uh, and then Rodney Dangerfield comes out. And the point is, she got even better looking when she didn't drink Pepsi. Exactly. Is that it? Or yes. do I have that backwards? Yes. Um, I uh, did not, r- I don't think I remember that campaign either. And, you know, 94, that's not like I was in a television. Um, sorry what, what, what pe- pepsi deprivation i was not in a television deprivation chamber in nin- in the 90s at all um, yeah
2: what did you have so you would have been I was in, in high, school. high school i graduated then, yeah, in so 95 television and so, yeah
1: if not if not more because we're cable was somewhat new to us in the 90s to my family and so i was uh i was watching as much as possible at the time but i don't and i loved seinfeld and it and you would like think that would like be right up my alley. that would
2: be right up your alley right and it seems like a big budget ad obviously yeah. star power is quite mm-hmm. significant um, That was like Pretty peak Cindy Crawford at mm-hmm. that point. Um,
1: House of Style was still, yeah. she was looks, still dominating I mean, the all charts. all jokes
2: aside, she looks fantastic.
1: Did you watch House of Style growing up?
2: Uh, I mean, I've seen it, of course. You know, you couldn't, you, I we had MTV, so it was sort of impossible to totally miss it. But it wasn't really my jam. I mean, it just wasn't something I was super interested in.
1: Wasn't the theme song, y'all ready for this? Probably. Yeah. Anyway.
2: Sounds right.
1: <laughs> like I don't care about fashion, but if Cindy Crawford was on TV, <laughs> you stopped everything.
2: Right, and that's why I'm surprised we we don't have yeah. stronger memories of that commercial. Um, so let's move off of the kind of like joke science to uh, as a oh pitch. that one
1: was a joke. Okay, that sorry.
2: one. Yeah, there's actually not. I don't think they actually locked Cindy Crawford in a tank. And they didn't, she didn't do that, and she didn't actually turn into Rodney Dangerfield. Huh.
1: I wonder if there's a lawsuit there. <laughs>
2: um. A lot of ads and and marketing pitches do revolve around the idea that the science of something is legitimately mm-hmm. the reason to buy it. And I found so many things that were like blank and science combined to, uh, to make this product good. I found one that was for horse health that was love and science makes this product. Horse food, the best horse food.
1: Wow, you went deep today. <laughs> yes.
2: Um,
1: A combination of love and science.
2: Love and science makes good horse food. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's what, according to Purina. Um, but these these next two ads revolve around the idea of comparing or sort of like um, – Ch- like challenging the idea that like is it magic that makes this product so good no it's science mm-hmm. so this first one is for something called yakult which i take this is
1: that drinkable yogurt it's shit, drinkable yogurt it? oh, yes a, i think we've talked about this some before. kind of probiotic yogurt you drink nope uh
2: which doesn't sound that bad to me i mean shut i love it down a, america a yogurt i love a lassi uh which is probably about uh, what yeah. this tastes like um
1: i guess yeah i guess i should say shut it down england this is not an American product. It's right? not. This is a mm-hmm. British,
2: although no, actually I say that this is very Japanese in origin. Oh, is it? In fact, it's I from. just
1: saw that this is from the UK and Ireland, this particular one. It
2: may have aired there, but the mm. commercial itself makes the case that this I is Jap- based on Japanese. So we open in like a um, pretty stereotypical Japanese setting, um, cherry blossoms mm-hmm. and a mountain, uh, some sort of pagoda on a mountain. And we have a woman in a uh, traditional Japanese tea ceremony garb and she's doing a some kind of ceremony that's magical to make this yogurt drink good and the the narrator keeps interrupting her um her sort of woo-woo-ness to say like, no no, this is science. Yeah. This is that's how we got this drink to be so delicious.
0: To create Yakult, one must release the mystical spirits of the beautiful gut. Hold on It was developed by the Japanese scientist Dr. Shirota. Every bottle contains... A world of wonder. No. It contains Yakult's unique bacteria scientifically proven to reach the gut alive. Magically alive. Stop it, Yakult! A little bottle of science, not magic.
1: I gotta say, it's a very high budget commercial as far as the 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 effects and the the shooting. I mean, it's not a huge. It's not like some.
2: But for a bottle of like drinkable yogurt, exactly. Yeah,
1: <laughs> better than I thought it was going to be. Actually, um, pretty funny too. Actually, kind yeah,
2: of kind of a good joke. Um, so similar theme. This is for Pop Chips. You know those, right? They're a pretty popular snack food.
1: Is that why they call them pop chips?
2: Because they're popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, I it may have something to do with how they're created, which is really the premise of this ad. You have a a couple here. I, I believe they're meant to be a husband and wife, and they are dressed like traditional magicians, right? Top hat, cape, everything. They're standing in front of one of those cut in cut cut the lady in half boxes. Yeah, I don't know if it has a technical term. Mm-hmm. No, um, you nailed it. I have to ask Job or somebody mm-hmm. um, and he uh, he is saying that the reason that pop chips are so great is magic and she keeps well, trying illusion. to... illusion. <laughs> Sorry. It's a trick.
1: <laughs> no, go ahead.
2: Um, it's uh, that it's magic and she keeps saying like, no, no, it's science.
1: Many of you have asked how Pop Chips can have all the great taste of fried chips but with half the fat.
2: It's because Pop Chips is cooked with air instead of oil.
1: But why use fancy words people can't understand when we can explain Pop Chips with the use of magic? We agreed there would be no magic. Listen, <laughs> if I can cut my wife in half, maybe our audience can understand how Pop Chips can cut the fat in half. I am not getting into
2: that box, Ed. But
1: how are we going to explain that Pop Chips makes a great tasting chip with half the fat?
2: You just did. Pop Chips. All the flavor, half of the fat.
1: Don't want to saw you in
2: half. I know. <laughs> I kind of like their dynamic. I do too. I think they're kind of cute.
1: I like those chips you brought home the other day. I don't know if they were Japanese chips, but they were like real, they were like that kind of um, almost foam, like mm-hmm. the kind of the shrimp chips I'd use as a kid, only a little bit thicker than that. And, and the barbecue flavor. Barbecue flavor. flavor. But yeah. uh, when you say barbecue flavor, just like a hint, like they yeah. don't over flavor things.
2: Well, I got them at H Mart, so I'll be happy to pick up some more. Yeah, they were pretty good. Yeah.
1: Although I don't know if they were that I mean the thing is they they were they felt like eating air. They they didn't feel as bad as eating like maybe a handful of ruffles or something, but that may just be it may be I mean, they're not, myself. they're not health food. You don't to think be they're sure. heart smart?
2: I don't think they're heart smart. Mm-hmm. I mean they're just a carb, but like, you know, it's yeah. it, it's probably not that terrible for you. Um, all right. So I liked this one, this next one. This is um for pilot pens. Uh, we were just talking the other day about pen advertisements, weren't we? Yes, because you were talking about springs. Yes,
1: that's why I was trying to remember why it came up. But yeah, we t- we played a, a couple of pen advertisements. Yes. Well, this
2: one I like. Um, this, this is very much. Uh, a, it's you have a, a woman who, is looks to be like a science teacher, but she's. She's more like a scientist than a science teacher, right? She's mm-hmm. she's wearing a lab coat. She's standing in front of a room, a classroom full of children, and this is for a pen that, because of science, can be is fully erasable. And I don't know about you, like I had remember erasable pens when you were a kid. Yeah, like I it had was one. always like, yeah, erasable is like a generous term yeah, for I what mean, it was. If the
1: eraser tears the paper, anything's erasable.
2: Well, science has found a way. Today we're here to talk about science friction. Not science fiction. Science friction. Friction erasable pens from Pilot feature thermosensitive ink, are ideal for STEM demonstrations. I'm synthesizing an unsymmetrical dimethylhydrazine compound designed to combust at 85 degrees. They're so cute at this age. And are the only pens ever to be authenticated by STEM.org. Put the power of STEM in your students' hands with friction erasable pens. I'm convinced. I would like to get one of these erasable pens.
1: It must be hard to sell pens these days. Well,
2: they're about to sell some pens to me. Yeah? Yeah, because like a truly erasable ink pen that's like, that because of like sign. And I actually have some pens that I use uh, for sewing because you need, often you need to like make a mark on fabric. And the, these pens can be erased by ironing. So there is, like, an ink that can be um, – that becomes erased when you he- expose it to heat. So it's probably just basically the same technology. Yeah,
1: because, like, focusing on kids, I guess, is smart because I know a lot of kids do, you know, some degree of their school work using computers, but there must still be some degree that is done with pen and ink. But, like – there's nothing in my life that I use a pen for that I would need to erase it because everything I use a pen for, with the exception of signing a bunch of documents when we like bought this house or what have you, for the most part, like anything you're using a pen for is just like a little scratchy right. note to yourself. You it's know not what like I mean? you're
2: not sending it to your boss, right?
1: Back in the day when we were writing letters by <laughs> yes. hand, which I did a lot of, like yeah. again in the '90s or whatever, um, that would be uh, have more of an appeal to me.
2: So watch for me to buy some of those pens. Um, I mentioned that there's all these all of these ads that like are science plus blank, right? Science plus love, science plus, um, you know, uh, care, science plus medicine. Um, but science plus nature is a big theme for a lot of ads. Like there are a number of products that are based around the idea, or the pitch is based around the idea that you take something in nature, right? Like a a natural herb or compound or chemical or it's just something that's found in nature and then you apply a little science to mm, it right mm. and like the and you turn the thing that's found in nature into a gummy or a spray or a whatever right and mm. so it's like the the it's natural but also we did some science to it and now it's a great product there is this um bug or like pest killer called stem um that that's really the like the the fulcrum of their pitch right and i kind of like these ads uh for these stem bug killers because they talk about how like people it's a little confusing i will say that but i think if you watch it once or twice it kind of becomes clear what the what the idea is that people don't have uh have the natural like people lack whatever the the natural ability is to kill these bugs so they need this stem product and so the ways that people are trying to kill bugs are are silly in the beginning like oh, okay. in this one a guy is just having he's holding up his dog trying to make the dog eat some bugs off the wall rather than deal with it himself ah.
0: there's a science to fighting bugs found in nature but lacking in humans that's why stem looked to nature
2: Combining powerful active ingredients found in plants that target nerves bugs have, but pets and people don't. Cool. Introducing STEM, rooted in nature, optimized by science.
1: Yeah, because any kind of a um iside, be it your pesticide or your herbicide,
2: has <laughs> Is- a <laughs>
1: has a reputation for being chemically and yeah, bad for dangerous. you and bad for the environment. Yeah. And so if they would
2: make one that was safe. That would kill clothes moth, clothes moths. Yeah, that wasn't dangerous to me or pets. I would buy it in a heartbeat. I
1: just I just killed one of those the other day upstairs. I know I'm very concerned. If there's one, yeah, there's more than I'm one. I'm very concerned about yeah. that. Um, okay, so that but there's another version of the stem one as well. So that one, the whole point was the guy before his partner apparently came in with this bottle of stem killer he was trying to just he was holding his little dog up to the wall trying to get his dog to kill the insect right Right. and so this one we're gonna see another bad approach i assume
2: yeah this time a guy just chucks his shoe at a bug
1: oh okay is he
2: inside i think so there's a science to fighting bugs found in nature but Lacking in humans.
1: So a guy is uh, sitting on a couch with uh, apparently his partner, and uh, they see, they're see they watching television, and they see a bug on the wall right next to the television. He gets up and takes off his shoe, which is, looks like it's sort of a, a crock-esque kind of shoe, and it looks like he's about to hurl it. My guess is, I haven't seen this, is
2: he going to hit the TV, Genevieve? I can't remember.
1: I hope he doesn't hit the TV. I can't handle it.
0: Lacking in humans. It. That's why STEM looked to nature. Combining power
1: No, he didn't hit the TV. He just ineffectually threw his rubber clog. His I guess there's a daughter in the room too. She flinched. It sort of hit a lamp, but nothing really broke. I really thought that was gonna be like a that was gonna have a shoe through the TV. Maybe
2: they didn't have a broken television budget.
1: That's the thing. <laughs> They're pretty low right? budget. Yeah, they are.
2: Um, all right, one more science plus nature equals effective. Mm-hmm. This is for Senecott laxative gummies. Okay. Um, and it's one of those ones like... You like tummy gummies. I love a tummy gummy. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's a delicious treat. It's good for you and and good to eat.
1: Mm-hmm. I've never had one.
2: Oh, you should, you should just, eat them. I
1: can't eat something that's a poop gummy.
2: It's just... It's not a poop. It doesn't make... The, the Senecott laxative... What I eat is a fiber gummy, which okay. is just like... It's just to keep everything on an even keel.
1: Can I tell you... Oh, I'm trying to think if I already told you this off air, so maybe it won't be as effective. But you know what? I will tell our listeners. Um, I ran into a friend this afternoon who is working on a home project. And that home project is installing a broken... Um, exo- I guess we call them exhaust fans. In, in a bathroom. Her, in her bathroom. Yep. And she was in Home Depot, apparently. And she actually told the story really well because she said like there was some guy who worked at Home Depot and he was trying to be helpful, but he was like pretty new. And like she knew what she needed better than he did. And like he just sort of stood there for a while. That is called also the story of me at Home (laughs) Depot. And he just stood there for a while and just eventually said, well, I guess I'll go over there because you know what you're doing better than I do. But when he uh, first approached her, he said, looking for a new fart fan, (laughs) which is, I will now think of that every time I see an exhaust fan.
2: I mean, it's funny to call it a fart fan, but its real purpose is to get the water from the shower.
1: Yes. But everybody always puts it on. I mean, does do those fans do anything, anything to mitigate or at least mitigate smell or at least make it last less long? I don't think it has
2: anything to do with. I mean, I don't think it has any effectiveness in that regard. It as a white noise um, mask. mask, I think there's probably some value.
1: Sure. Okay. Um, So this commercial is for a different brand of poop gummy.
2: Yes, called Senecot. Okay. And you have a guy and a a man and a woman. They're both sitting in big purple beanbag chairs. He was representing nature, so he's sitting in front of a green background, and she is representing science. She's sitting in front of a yellow background. Mm -hmm. I
1: love the way, just looking at the still shot here, I love the colors. They pop big time. Very bright green, very bright yellow on the right, and both of them sitting in. Big, comfortable-looking purple beanbags. When nature and science get together, pretty sweet things can happen. Like our Senecot laxative gummies. To relieve occasional constipation, Senecot starts with the natural plant
0: That science transforms into a yummy gummy. Sweet! Senecot laxative gummies.
1: Interesting use of occasional constipation. (laughs) I'm serious, I'm just trying to think, like, why did they, why did they throw that word in is it something that is the point that you're taking it constantly and therefore, it keeps you regular or you take it when you have constipation? because like, why would you say occasional? I,
2: I think it's meant to distinguish between occasional constipation and something that's a more serious oh. um, condition that you either need a serious, like, actual laxative for or medical intervention. I see.
1: Okay. Yeah. Kind of saying, like, listen, we're not going to – if you have something serious going on, you should yeah. look to something maybe stronger the, or yes. see your doctor. Don't
2: try to, like – don't try to medicate fully mm-hmm. with gummies. It's not going to end well.
1: Don't O.D. on Seneca. <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> um, all right. There are two more that I want to talk to talk about. These made me laugh so hard because they both are just very basic products that already existed. Spoiler alert. Before the people who invented these versions of them in in quote invented them. And I just love the idea that science was necessary to invent either of these products. Let's start with uh, the Scott E. Vest, and I'll just tell you that the Scott E. Vest is a vest with pockets in it. No, no,
1: I'm sorry, it's an E. Vest. It's
2: an E. Vest with pockets in it. Invented
1: by a guy named Scott.
2: And you might think that means that it has some sort of like um, electronic component Mm -hmm. to it, but you would be very wrong.
1: It's not a smart vest It's
2: not a smart vest
1: It doesn't automatically Tell the internet When I'm running It literally just
2: has More pockets than Your average vest
1: Yeah so this is uh, This is the only commercial That I actually pre-watched Before the show today And it's kind of got a, a cheap infomercial Kind of totally. vibe Yeah And we're gonna hear From Scott Jordan He's the guy Who invented this um, And he's wearing And it's like a, The kind of vest That looks like Your, your typical Like kind of Pacific Northwesterner Vest sort of I don't know If it's fleece or not but It looks but, like it could be Yeah you see people Like giving presentations in front, of a, in front of a room full of yeah. people in this, or like very casual but not trashy looking, whatever. Um, but the idea the alpha is,
2: dads on Instagram where vest sh- much. Yes, very yes, much yes. Like it's this. like the alpha
1: dads. Um, But the idea is there are pockets littering the inside of this thing. I
2: mean it's more pocket than vest.
1: It's more pocket than vest, but it's really hard to show pockets. And like I guess pockets specifically for all your shit. Like yeah. your cell phone and your tablet, right, and your keys, and all these things. So,
2: and your passport, and
1: your passport. And so, you keep seeing shots of people wearing this vest, looking straight ahead at the camera. But then they do something that which is like a fake X-ray, and you just see these outlines of various yes. devices in their the e-vest. science
2: of pockets.
1: It's the si- Is it rocket science? Oh no. Is it pocket science? My name is Scott Jordan, and I had a huge problem. <laughs> just like okay, a- yeah, like right there. It
2: was a huge problem.
1: And you see him walking on the street, just like in. <laughs> First of all, i mean it's the most ridiculous it's sh- not even
2: him it's like I was just
1: some other schlub it's just
2: a schlub
1: he's wearing khaki pants without a belt his shirt is tucked in but he looks like so messy and he's walking down the street with a million cables and cords just and an ipad falling out of his arm and he doesn't know what to do with like i got an ipad and a I phone left the, and a bunch I, of chargers i left
2: the house with it's a bunch a of sh- shit and i forgot to get a bag or anything to put it in because i'm a fucking dingbag it's a huge problem
1: <laughs> my name is scott jordan and i had a huge problem just like you, I had too much stuff to carry and no easy way to do it. That's when I started Scotty Vest. And I the e-vest. The e-vest. And then you see a shot <laughs> of him like- The scene
2: where he like comes up with the eureka moment of putting pockets in vests is the <laughs> fu- I'm gonna use that as a show yeah. title, or show picture because it is so he, funny. He
1: raises his hands in the air, victorious I, I after it. drawing a picture of a vest. e-vest.
2: The e-vest holds
1: all your gadgets and essentials use our pockets for your cell phone, charging cables, headphones, sunglasses, and even a full-size tablet or laptop. And you see a this laptop?
2: Guy- <laughs> you do not Hey friends, hey friends. Listen to me. Listen to the sound of my voice. You do not want to walk around with a vest that can hold a full size laptop. That shit's gonna it save your life. Not Are you kidding me? Be comfortable. That's
1: gonna save your life. Like, it's gonna be like that scene in Batman, spoiler alert, 1989's Batman. Right, it's so a utility Bruce Wayne vest. puts a, like, what, a silver platter inside of his blazer jacket, right? right. So then when the Joker shoots him. Again, I've given you spoiler alerts. The bullet is just gonna hit the metal and bounce away.
2: This, so if you get shot, your laptop will save you?
1: That's what I'm saying. Okay i had a big problem people kept shooting me and <laughs> Joker i didn't, kept
2: shooting me and i
1: didn't have i didn't have an ipad in there i like also <laughs> we see this guy like i said he's just this is not this is not scott jordan it's somebody else Some i just kind of it's middle-aged another guy. middle-aged white guy yeah who just got done giving a presentation and then he just casually <laughs> slips his entire ipad inside his coat
0: even a full-size tablet or laptop
1: with tons of innovative pockets and unique features, your gear will always be organized and within reach. He does really have a Steve Brule esque um, delivery. Don't Where, you what think? we're
2: looking at now, by the way, is a like an, explode, oh, yeah. an exploded diagram of the vest with Look all at the
1: water bottle with they all twelve in
2: there. Uh, pockets defined and called out, like like number like. You know, number one, phone pocket. Number Times eight, two, Teflon two treated for water and stain resistance. That's not a pocket. That's, just, there's a, an that's RF- just a feature. Wait,
1: did you see this? There's an RFID blocking pocket if you don't if you Ooh. wanna put like your phone or something in there. You're a super spy. Um, no, I think if you don't want people spying on you, right? Isn't that well? Why wouldn't you... a
2: spy not want people spying well, then, on
1: them? <laughs> then, that is true. I feel like that's
2: the number one rule of spying. There's an
1: AirPod pocket, which, by the way, I think that's the
2: first rule of spying is don't be <laughs> spied upon. <laughs> oh, no,
1: it's true. God, and then there's one just called back pocket. Um, <laughs> the the um, Number twelve, the the water. You just see the outline of a number water six bottle is called
2: it. Bud Pocket times two. I don't know what that means. Is it like like Bud?
1: Oh, interesting. Oh oh no, it's an air, but it's up, it's up by oh, the earbuds. neck. Yeah, but it's weird. Or but earbuds. there's also an AirPod pocket at number nine. I need a, I as need well. a Bud. I need a Bud
2: pocket. Wait,
1: isn't a air isn't an earbud and an AirPod the same thing? It is. So, okay, but I see one of them is for, like, a little case if you have, like, the actual Bluetooth AirPods. But number six up there by the collar is like if you have the wire, it can go around and then both you just sides, put in your ears. I guess. Yeah, but there's two phones. So you're walking around. I mean, this is like Jack Donaghy with his coffee mugs. Like he's got this person has two phones. Yes. An iPad. A cam-
2: a, diff- a, a separate camera a from camera, his phone.
1: Sunglasses like uh, these outlines. Just get a
2: phone that has a good camera.
1: These like Biden-esque <laughs> aviator style sunglasses. <laughs> Um, (laughs) keys again a water bottle that pocket isn't even named there's
2: a pen holder times two there's
1: a pen holder times two yeah so that's do we oh yeah we haven't even gotten we haven't gotten to the pocket science rocket science joke yet and you'll never worry about misplacing anything ever again
0: with my e-vest I breeze through airport security I know my (laughs) wallet and passport are safe and I don't need to deal with an extra bag with
1: your e-vest you look great feel great and know where all your stuff is it's not rocket science It's pocket science. Visit com right now and use promo code SHIP. Man, um, we don't need to hear the rest of that, do we? Um, So do you know... We we should get moving, but this reminds me of... um, a story from my youth. Would you like a story from my youth? Lay it on me. So I was, I believe at the time, a Cub Scout, I want to say. I was okay. pretty young. It might have been early Boy Scouts, but uh, let's just say Cub Scouts. And uh, me and my Cub Scout troop were supposed to go on an overnight camping trip. It might have even have been a two-night camping trip. Uh, but it was kind of a survival, what they call a survival trip. You were not allowed to bring a backpack or a bag. You just had to bring whatever you could fit in your pockets. Or at least as far as food was concerned, I believe.
2: this sounds like a terrible idea.
1: Um, and what... I mean, listen, it was super... We were just like in the woods in Medina, Ohio With tons of adults I don't think it was a big deal But my dad was like Oh, I got the perfect I mean, more
2: for the grown-ups It sounds like a bad idea
1: My dad's like I got the perfect thing It was supposed to be a challenge It was about like prioritizing For something where, you know You had to have some limits To what you could bring mm-hmm. And so my dad's like Oh, oh we." Can-. My dad had a life hack for this Which was some old hunting jacket he had From some closet somewhere I'd never seen oh, him wear right, this right, with a thousand he, pockets He wasn't in even it. a hunting guy But the inside of the jacket Was basically one Giant pocket like all the Way around and my parents just Like filled that up with salamis And cured meats for Their fat son Is there and- any way I
2: can retroactively <laughs> uh, Dime them out to child services
1: It's too late I survived <laughs> It's too late you survived <laughs> That's their That's their um, Defense in court uh, Did and you it- look like a woman with like One Maybe. of those like, a,
2: like the big things That they used to wear Do they put the hoop skirts <laughs>
1: over right, no, like a I mean, bustle you just picture me like shuffling to
2: the campfire <laughs> just
1: like the neighborhood dogs <laughs> chasing chase me while while connected links of sausage dangle <laughs> dangle out of my pocket like the poor schlub at the this beginning of this oh commercial with his uh all of his cables anyway so i'm gonna get one of these you're gonna get your pens and we have one more all in right this i category, actually feel right? like
2: we probably should have saved scott eva for the uh, for the last Because it's so funny But this one is For another one Where I was like Really You're trying to like You're trying to name check Science This is for something called It's called Squares Golf Shoes It is spelled S-Q-A-I-R-Z which, All caps Which looks like Scares Golf Shoes <laughs> Sort of me.
1: Everything is all caps now The uh, bug spray was all caps Yeah like, stem uh, Yeah Stem yeah
2: uh, So this is for scare, Squares Golf Shoes
1: that's it? Just hit play? Just hit play. <laughs> I don't really remember what was in it. I just remember laughing at how stupid it was. Okay. Are squares
0: the hottest shoes in golf? It's the science. I've
1: spent 25 years studying The ground. Oh, yeah. How our bodies react to that ground. (laughs) This toe box (laughs) and the wide base is why this shoe improves your stability in your golf swing. We tested the square shoe, and what we found was it created better stability, better force production, better velocity, no matter if you're a weekend golfer or a pro. Discover the secret. Get squares. You know what? He spent
2: 25 years studying the ground, ground. Andrew. Um, The ground.
1: He just lacked Did confidence to get an
2: NSF grant for that <laughs> he was just like walking around like nah. Charlie Brown staring oh at the God. ground all the time and then the, and then his big revelation is a wider shoe is more stable
1: you could have probably done this entire show based on the science of golf because yes. every so golf I, I don't watch a lot, yes. i don't watch any real golf but st- sometimes you find yourself in a situation where it's the only thing like when we were in that in airport of, exactly um, what I was thinking restaurant of. in Hawaii exactly which happened to be a golf themed oh cuz it's Hawaii so it was like a PGA-themed PGA themed restaurant so anyway uh, every commercial for golf whether it's for the golf balls you're using mm-hmm. the shoes you're using the training you want to go through the clubs obviously Obviously, of like, course. It's all going to be like those whatever little... sort
2: of golf vitamins you're eating.
1: <laughs> yeah, golf gummies.
2: Golf gummies. There's a honestly, hey, not now,
1: Suddenly you're into golf.
2: <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Yeah, it's, <laughs> you take a gummy on your 49th birthday and suddenly you're into golf. Tell me it in gummies. Show <laughs> <laughs> me Everybody's on the gummy where you where you put the birdie. I don't hear what saying. Only the echoes of my mind. I'll be
1: honest with you. I don't know if the Red Bull has kicked in yet. I still feel pretty brain dead, but I think I can handle this segment. Okay. i give it a shot.
2: It's, this is what I've been dreading all week. Because we re- we realized pretty much right away after we posted last week's show that we had made a big Immediately, oops, well a big oopsie. Okay,
1: yeah. So I'll, I'll walk everybody through it. Um, here's what happened. I'm going to play the commercial <laughs> again now. But it's like... This was a commercial that I found On one of my old VHS tapes And it was from the 90s I think this is from 1996 And it was one of two commercials That I saw featuring Andre Agassi uh, Advertising the Canon Rebel X Which I think was a pretty famous campaign I mentioned to somebody the other day I was going to set up the story for them And I said oh is this Andre Agassi commercial and they're like oh for the Canon Rebel X Like they remembered it exactly right Or immediately I should say um, And anyway the point of this commercial was was something called Change. There were other commercials that just showed Agassi just like being sort of a style icon with his long flowing mullet hair and sunglasses and power clashing. And it was just like, you know, be a a badass or whatever with your Canon Rebel X. This particular commercial, though, was called Change. And I think it's a quickie. I think it might even be just 15 seconds long. And we see Andre Agassi again, like that version of him, super cool, long hair, all this stuff. And he says, hey, you ready for a change or something along those lines? And then we see this dorky looking guy who I even told you when we first watched this, I said – I'm really confused about who this dorky looking guy is. He has totally different hair. It's like short hair, but it's also male pattern baldness. It's not fake. It's not like shaved male pattern baldness. It's real male pattern baldness. And he's got what you call Genevieve Van Dyke, right? Like the mustache and beard combination thing. He looks like real kind of dorky. And when I first saw this commercial by myself, I thought, oh, that's weird. It's like two different Andre Agassiz I guess. But then as I was prepping the show and I watched it again, I, I actually and again, I'm not trying to blame you, Genevieve, for this. But you were in my head a little bit. I was like, I have a lot of face blindness. And f- on this show, you've called out several times, like whether you're challenging me on a child's yes. age or whatnot. No, I, was I don't like-, like
2: here. Let me tell you. Let me interject here. I don't like being blamed for this. And I. Yeah. <laughs> desperately would like to blame somebody else for this (laughs) but the truth is i i really have to eat some of this blame because i don't have i mean i i I would think everybody has a little bit of face blindness but i don't i wouldn't say that i'm unusually prone to it and i whereas i am you are i think honestly i think you are like medically face blind and so and i should i honestly should have put my thinking cap on here a little bit more than i did
1: so just to like kind of Finish my point. I I originally thought, oh, these are two Andre Agassiz. But then as I thought about it, I'm like, that doesn't make any sense, because clearly if Agassiz in this commercial has long, flowing hair, they couldn't shoot to him in the future when he's going to get male pattern baldness. Like, I just couldn't figure it out. And he looks different And like the the dorky guy has earrings Although that's not usually a dorky guy. You know, that's not usually a shortcut for a dorky guy. Whereas the other one didn't. You were Whereas right to, co- were right it was to, very to know that there
2: was something going, going on here that we weren't seeing. And I was, I was the idiot who was like, no, it's not that complicated.
1: So I was just kind of like, I don't know why they are shooting to this guy. It seems like such a specific look. And the guy even says, change. And he reaches up and he touches his male pattern baldness head of hair, his pate, if you will. And that's why I thought the joke originally that was that these are both... Andre, but the more I thought about it, like, from a production standpoint, that doesn't make sense. You can't take somebody who has tons of hair and then give them male pattern baldness but. in the same commercial. So let's take a listen to Can this. I
2: interest you in a change of pace. Change! Change! change.
0: change. Uh, eos lenses and the rebel X from Canon
1: so obviously I was very confused about this and I said I'm gonna put the." in also the guy who is the secondary guy he also has a wardrobe change in this but it's like it's subtle you just see his shoulders but he clearly changes his shirt and I'm just like I Why? don't think
2: we've solved that mystery yeah
1: I still don't think it's necessary <laughs> um, but anyway I was just like really really confused about this so I tweeted out and I guess I mastodoned out right. um the photo of the dorky guy with a link to the commercial. And I said, I'm confused by this commercial from the 90s. I could use your help. Am I supposed to recognize this second guy? Is he another famous tennis player with less hair? Or is he just a random actor? It seems so weird uh, to cast this guy. And a bunch of people at first didn't reply because I'm such a dumb sarcasmo half the time. They thought I was having a go. Right. Because to everybody else, it was obviously, obviously, Andre Agassi is
0: both of these fellas. Take a listen to this. Hi, Genevieve and Andrew. This is Nate in Salt Lake City. Uh, I just heard the show, and I'm getting back to you on the Canon Rebel commercial. So you probably already have a definitive answer to this. uh, But in case you don't, I think Andrew's first instinct was right. I think that the other guy actually is Andre Agassi meaning both dudes are Andre Agassi. I vaguely remember back in the day that Andre Ag- Andre Agassi's hair loss was like a national tragedy. <laughs> I remember it being like a whole thing, and one day he just buzzed off like his whole luxurious name to everyone's shock and horror. Like 1996 probably was just the Olympics in Atlanta, Princess Died Divorce, and Andre Agassi's hair loss, and nothing else. <laughs> And I think what's happening here is that the commercial is playing with that and Andre is showing that he's in on the joke, thus the whole ready for a change message. Um, I hope that answers the question. I uh, love the show.
1: Bye. Okay, so that's really
0: interesting.
1: And I just
2: want to say, Nate, you couldn't have been kinder <laughs> or more generous to us in your explanation. Of uh, And thank you for avoiding the use of of terms like idiots and <laughs> simpletons. Well, we
1: heard from a million people on this. Um, and Nate was one of them. And they were all pretty gentle with us and kind of reminding us or, or telling us Where for the Where were first we time. when this was know. happening? But here's the deal. It still didn't make a lot of sense to me because fine you shave your head or cut your hair really really short where did the male pattern baldness come from like how in this one commercial Mm -hmm. does he go from full head of flowing hair to a totally different shape you reached
2: out to a hair stylist no
1: actually the very very first hair scientist the very very first person i heard from on this was somebody who was responding to my uh twitter post and it was it was a, a listener, I think a listener of the show, I'm not sure, but somebody who follows me on Twitter named Craig, um, that says you're aware that both of these are Agassiz, right? I can't tell if you're having fun or if you're just unaware of We're sports We're not having fun. This no, is
2: emphatically not fun. We stopped
1: having fun years ago, Craig. <laughs> but I like the context that Craig gives here. Agassi had a huge controversy. Again, like everybody said, this was a big controversy. At the time. I know,
2: that's what's so embarrassing about this on top of everything else, is that apparently this was just everywhere, and we were just so oblivious to it, both of us.
1: Craig said, Agassi had a huge controversy over having fake hair, and they are making a joke about that Post controversy when he accepted His balding fate Uh, We went back and forth a little bit and Craig says The whole world was shocked when it turned out That Agassi didn't have giant hair and rather It was all wigs So the change of pace theme Of the commercial is knowing Is a knowing wink to all of that nonsense It seems like a quaint controversy in retrospect But it was a big deal back then And so um, Then I looked at him oh these were wigs All along and yeah there's a bunch of articles about how He claims he Agassi claims that he even lost a major tournament because he was so concerned with his wig coming off mid-tournament. So apparently he was wearing wigs, and then at some point he admitted he was wearing wigs, and then off came the wig, and the hair was short, and the male pattern baldness was obvious. Yet, here's the thing that I don't get about it. This canon campaign, not just this change commercial, but the other one that goes along with it, mostly focuses on... The Agassi in a wig. Like, there's a whole nother one. A whole nother one. <laughs> there's a whole nother one that doesn't even involve, like, the, the ch- change well, he of face. just pace. is in the He's wig. just hot and awesome with yeah. a wig and a, and, a, and a square jaw and a beard. So, I don't know, some man. Some men
2: uh, and women, but some, you yeah. know, famous people. Like, Ted Danson's a good example. I think he typically uh, wears a toupee and for his public appearances. And, like, people know it's a toupee, but... Um, he looks good with it, so that's how he looks. Wait, what he's
1: wearing now? Like, Good Place Ted Danson? That's a... I mean, unless
2: he's had plugs or something, but, I mean, he's naturally pretty bald.
1: Okay, gotcha.
2: And what was his scandal? He... He, well, he had an affair with Whoopi Gold. Yeah, it was
1: an affair. I was just yeah. trying to think of the yeah. He did have an affair. He was it was an affair because they were both married to other people. And
2: he's still with his, his wife, Mary Steenburgen. They worked it <gasps> oh, out. Oh, that's right, Mary. How do you cheat on Mary
1: Steenburgen? I mean, I love her. Yeah,
2: but he I mean, a Whoopi.
1: Yeah, I know. You're gonna pass that. up. That it's Whoopi. Yeah, yeah, I like them both. I
2: like them both. <laughs> not my problem Uh, (laughs) let's move on
1: um speaking of last week's show which as i mentioned at the top of the show was all about rhyming in commercials um max wrote in to say (laughs) After your show on Rhymes, I couldn't not write in with this one. It's not a TV commercial, but one that I heard on a podcast, one that I find less listenable every day. This is for the show The Daily, and I think I think a lot of people sort of feel that way. Um, wow, I... The
2: Daily is a... Uh... Burning, like, where now it's welcome, huh? Well, it was they, so huge. They
1: had a couple of, like, kind of mini-journalistic scandals that, was, that also played into the other New York Times big podcast. Mm. Um, uh, Caliphate. Caliphate, exactly. And then Michael Barbaro sort of, I think... Well, Barbaro is always whatever i think he defended the wrong person in that and defended the t- in a in a somewhat tone deaf way like defended the times podcasting division over some pretty egregious journalistic uh, conduct and mistakes mm-hmm. um, and then also Barbaro is just like he's tweeting out stuff from time to time that I find off-putting about like sort of like um, you know the boot leather that young reporters have to put in I, I don't know I, I don't want to really get into it I sure. I think he turns a lot of people off and frankly myself included if I can say that without he won't hear this right
2: I doubt he's a is listener. he you
1: don't think he's in the in the ad council
2: Michael if you're a listener uh, I mean defend yourself come yeah on. Come absolutely on, bro. I mean
1: I guess you can come on the show I mean I don't I clearly don't know that much about it anyway okay so Max says here is a commercial that I heard on this podcast and is truly egregious not only is the writing terrible the delivery helps not one iota Max and if Barbaro is a listener Max is definitely in trouble here
2: yeah Go after Max, Michael.
1: Yes. We're friends. I never said shit.
2: Yeah, we're just the messenger. I never
1: said anything. <laughs> uh, Max says, so naturally, not wanting to be alone with this discomfort, I thought of you too. So <laughs> he actually captured this commercial. This is a commercial that airs. I'm assuming it's like a pre-roll or a mid-roll that airs during The Daily. It's both sort of for The Daily and AT&T at the same time.
2: The Daily is supported by AT&T who connects you to your favorite podcasts connect the alarm change the snooze to awake jump out of bed turn on the daily make some eggs with your steak do the dishes listen to coverage of the election tomorrow take a shower bring the phone soap up with tavernisi or Babaro. connect the big story help us see it in a new way even when it's a mouthful to voice here's what else you need to know today Ah. connect the stories change our perspective Connecting changes everything. I don't. The, the lo- yeah. rhythm is all wrong. The rhythm is pretty bad, and I don't love a, a rhyme where I can see it coming from a country mile away. And you know? the Barbaro tomorrow the thing tomorrow, is so. And you can you can, you can feel it. The r- read, ramping up. I mean, I
1: know this is just an edit, but like in my mind, the, the pause after that is so long. Like I almost feel like the person is looking at the script, being like.
2: Yeah possibly <laughs>
1: But I mean obviously you would edit that out I don't think that's really the case I'm sure they did it a million times But like I just hear it that way Because it's so cringy and it's so cringy. It, It's really cringy So, yeah.
2: If you're going to do something That's sort of Susian in that way You really need to have your A game And yeah. that was not it
1: And also just like they Obviously they said Oh Babaro Like they worked backwards Exactly from that. I think like, that's what I'm trying to say yeah. About
2: like waiting for the rhyme Yeah Is like you can feel it being worked backwards Yeah you can, sell you can sell anything
1: Genevieve, the Red Bull kicked in.
2: Oh, you're here. I'm here. He's back.
1: Hey what should we do on the show today?
2: Oh, good. Let's, where where let, am I? Let's start, o- let's, start, let's start over. The first ad I brought to talk about today is for uh, Little Caesar's Pizza. I probably
1: would have. The show probably would be better if I, just <laughs> no, I had just had that show a little I bit a earlier. Time. No, I, I enjoyed that. Thank you for uh, walking me through all of that stuff. I enjoyed it. I really, really did like that Tim and Eric commercial. Or I'm sorry, that Eric Wareheim commercial. But it basically
2: was Tim and Eric. Yeah, yeah. that
1: was wonderful.
2: Listeners, if you have uh, thoughts about ads that rely on science fake or real please get at us you can call us at 607-444-5597 you can email us at after these show at gmail visit us on the facebook group um, and we didn't talk about them today but Andrew is continuing to digitize ads that he finds on uh, found media 90s VHS tapes you can find those at the youtube page um, search for after these messages podcast
0: you can really sell anything Oh, dip is he's once again back again with the camera